This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name is Rachel Turner, and this week we are looking at how to use the tools that you already have for Parenting for Faith with people who aren't your children. We are going to be asking the question, how do I help our kids engage at church when other people are not making their kids do it? And uh, we're going to hear from my colleague, Becky, as she has some encouragement and some challenge for us today. So let's get started. Uh, I... Uh, you wouldn't know it to look at me, but I am an introvert. And so when I'm sort of out and about, I tend to uh, be kind, but fairly perfunctory, I guess is the word. And uh, and for some reason, God just sort of, I don't know, poked my heart about this one uh, place that I go regularly. And uh, there's usually one in my life. I don't really know why. It's not out of my own free will, but it's sort of like God goes, and you're going to love these people and just fills me with like a real affection and love for them. And so it's just this one business that I that I interact with quite a lot just in like daily life admin stuff. And, uh, and I got really involved, like just loving them and laughing with them and finding out all about their lives and this, their personal stories. And uh, I ended up bringing a lot of Easter eggs on Easter and hiding them around the building and sending them on an Easter egg hunt. You know, just, you know, regular old stuff. <laughs> I know it sounds weird, but I really like developed a deep love for them and I don't know why. I think it was just God doing something about it. And and at one point, they, two of them were just hanging out and they just sort of said, hey, we've been having some interesting philosophical discussions about God. And I was like, whoa, like I have said nothing <laughs> about God. And I think they sort of, they vaguely knew what I did, but I, I never really felt like, oh, behold an opportunity. I was just, you know, being me. And, uh, and they said, yeah, we sort of had some questions and thought, and we thought, you know what? I bet you could answer our questions. Would you ever like want to go out to coffee with us or something and, and talk about God? And I was like, this has never happened to me before in my life. Uh, and so I was like, I'd love to. So you know, we went out to dinner and cake and I tried to buy things for them and they didn't. I think that's not a Christian thing because uh, I was like, let me buy for your dinner. And they were like horrified. So, uh, and I just began to reflect both in the, in the time that we had together when we were out and sort of in the previous months, I began to look back and think, actually, all of the tools that we use for parenting for faith, they're not so much parenting tools. They're just being a Christian tools and and they apply to our children, but they apply to everybody else. And I just wanted to remind you of that. If you have engaged with parenting for faith before, you know, we have sort of five key tools that we encourage people in, uh, how to create windows into your life, just basically saying, this is what it looks like for me, uh, framing so that you can say, you know, when I look at this, this is what I see, you know, when I see, you know, bad things happening, or when I see, um, you know, when I go to church, this is what it looks like for me. And it's sort of being willing to explain stuff from your own point of view, uh, how to unwind wrong views of God, um, because everybody has sort of warped views of God that has come from their experience and what they've been told and sort of just being able to spot where it's going wrong and saying, ah, oh, I see how you got that. And 
For me, that's not that's not what I see in scripture. Uh, and chatting and catching, sort of enabling people to just have authentic connection with God without getting tied up by formulas. And surfing the waves, just sort of seeing what's happening and jumping on board with whatever God's doing in their life or in our life. And I just want to remind you that that is powerful for everybody, whether it's your non-Christian family, whether it's people in your community, whether it's fellow parents at the school gates or in clubs, uh, your those tools are incredibly powerful for everybody, for your children, for all of those groups, because everybody needs to see windows of what life with God authentically is like and the good and the bad and the when you're feeling close and when you're not feeling close. They need to know that life with God is messy and glorious and tough and wonderful and those windows are powerful and knowing how you see the world and how you make sense of it with God in it and how you know God and and to help them unpick those knots in their hearts and helping them go yeah well you can just chat to God you don't have to say any words and to to release people from prayer things that are holding them back all of that stuff everybody needs everybody needs that and I just wanted to encourage you that we sometimes hear big words like evangelism or or you know feeling the pressure to get out there and show your faith to people and uh, I just want to encourage you that you already know how to do that because you already are doing it for your kids it's just letting more people see into the windows that you're creating and and being willing to have those deep conversations with people who get all tied up in knots about God you are already doing it you're already experienced in it with your children and so feel confident to do it with your peers and with your family because you were the gift you're the gift to your kids and you are the gift to those people who are in your lives and your life is is good enough they're not looking for the perfect representation of a christian they're looking for what a real person that they know looks like with god and you can do that really really brilliantly so as you go through your days and your weeks just remember it's not just your kids who need those five tools being used it's everyone around you because you are called to be significant and powerful wherever you are just by being you for a question today a while ago i was asked how do you deal with your kid in church when they're allowed certain things and other people are allowed different things and are kind of distracting my kid? How do we deal with that? And uh, this was my answer. The short answer is this. Be confident to parent your kid the way you want to parent your kid. It is totally okay to say, and I've had to say it to my kid, other people have had to say it to their kid. It's totally okay to say, I know they get to, you know, run around and play with balloons and draw on the walls and I'm making you sit next to me and, uh, and sing. And I know it's tough. You got born into my family. Uh, but that's for us. This is what church is about. It's sitting here and connecting with God. And we don't worry about how anybody else is doing that or not doing that because this is about us coming here to God. It's not about us all figuring out how to do the same thing. That's, that's not what church is about. Church is not about everybody trying to exactly do the same behavior all the time. Church is about us coming to God and connecting with Him. And in our family, this is how we choose to do it. And don't worry about that. They may need some backup. Uh, sometimes it's just really helpful that your kid can be like, no, my mom won't let me. And it gives them a sort of 
line. It's also really helpful if you need to intervene to be able to lean over and be like, oh no, well, we're going to sit here and sing, but I'm sure he can play with you afterwards and feel free to uh, provide that sort of middle ground for your kids. Um, when you're in worship, I suggest that if you really want to shift your entire culture at church, you need to work on three things. You need to work on uh, what's happening from the front. But if that's the only thing that changes, if all the songs are disconnecting and go too fast and too much reading, uh, then kids will struggle to engage. But even if you fix that beautifully, if the other two pillars aren't in place, then it's not really gonna, gonna work because you can have the best stuff that's happening up front, but if the other two aren't in place, it's not quite there yet. The other one is kids' expectations, which we can work on in children's ministry. Uh, in children's ministry, we can talk about what worship is and give kids tools on how to worship because often kids don't know. It's weird. Worship is weird. You're going to show up, you're going to sing karaoke at an invisible being, and you don't really know how to engage. And so sometimes they may need some, some help and some teaching in children's ministry to say, this is what it's like, and these are the songs, and this is how to close your eyes and open your heart up to God. And you can help with that. So raising the kids' expectations of connection. And then the third thing is enabling parents to equip their kids to do it. Sometimes parents let kids run around because they just don't know how to equip their kid to do it, and they would prefer their kid to in, like being in church and that's like the basic thing. At least I want my kid to like being in church. I don't want them to resent church. And so that's the best of their parenting for faith right now is them saying, I just want my kids to be in church and not hate it. And, and some parents just need that next step of how do I help my kid actually engage in singing? How do I help them actually connect with God during this time? Those are skills that we can help teach through the course, through a one-off night, through you modeling for yourself how you're doing it. It could be a really helpful way of, uh, of doing it. So there's a couple of ideas uh, to do that. This is my colleague Becky. She looks after local churches and who are integrating Parenting for Faith into their culture and into their ministries. And she always brings some great insight and wisdom. And she had something that she wanted to share with you. I have the dubious honour of being the oldest member of the Parenting for Faith team. So Rachel asked me if I would share with you some thoughts on parenting an adult child for faith. Well, I remember before my daughter was born 25 years ago, I was really prepared. I'd bought the equipment. I'd read the books. I chatted to everyone. I was determined I was going to parent her really, really well. I had a plan and I was going to stick to it. So she arrived and then all that advice was added to by a baby group and a midwife. And I, I was feeling confident about my parenting, except for the colic. But that's another story. Eventually that passed. And the thing is, we want to be good parents and we, we prepare as well as we can. But babies grow into toddlers. Toddlers grow into kids. Life takes over. Teenagers arrive. And suddenly, without knowing it, you seem to be parenting an adult child. And we're not quite sure how we got there. And we're certainly not so sure about how we're going to do it. So when Rachel asked me, I thought, yeah, I, could, I can talk about parenting an adult child for faith. But actually, I realised there's huge variables. I mean, is your adult child living at home or are they living in Australia? Are they a just adult or are they 55? Are they busy in a big career? Or are they just kind of drifting around the world on an extended gap year? 
Have they rejected your faith or do they share your faith? It's a complex business. Our adult children are really different. Even within a family, your adult children may be really different from each other. So parenting adult children for faith will be very different. And there's no set of rules for how to do it. But I read a bit and I chatted to God a bit and I did some thinking. And I've come up with four ideas for you to try or at least think about trying. And the first one is, and I think this is really important, see yourself as their parent just as much as you were when they were eight months old, eight years old or even 18. Not just because you are the parent who had them or adopted them, but because you are still the person God has positioned to parent them for faith. You still have a job to do. And the Bible talks about wisdom a lot and it often associates wisdom with grey hairs or old age. And that's not a mistake. It's for a reason, because as you go through life, you accumulate wisdom, you experience different things. You, you get married, you have children, you move house, you get made redundant, you may become ill or have to support somebody through illness. You go through church dramas, you get thoroughly disappointed and then you have days of amazing elation. And our kids are going through those things or maybe they're not going through them all, but they're going to go through them at some point. And they need us still to create windows into what God was doing when this was happening and and how we managed it and how we got through that. And we need them still framing things for them, saying, well, when that happened to me, this is this is what God and I did. And this is how we managed and this is how I understood it. They still need our grey hair wisdom. The second thing is to let go of the dreams you had for them and accept them as they are, not the kid you wish you'd had. And that can be really hard, particularly if they've made choices which maybe you don't think were the right ones for them or have harmed them or go against your your core values. We want good things for our kids and we work very hard as they grow up to help them make good choices. But they become who they become. And particularly if they're not actively pursuing God, you can feel quite let down or disappointed. But it's a dangerous place to be. The research says that one of the main causes of estrangement between parents and adult kids is if a parent cuts a kid off because they've violated one of their core values or if a child knows that their parent feels let down by their behaviour. So you have to separate your kid from their choices Try not to judge and don't let your disappointment affect how you treat them. It might help to remember that your child is still that baby you held in your arms. They're still made in the image of God and they are still precious. The third thing is to build a warm environment for them. And that's not as easy as when they lived at home because they may not even come home very often. But again, the research says that if a kid of any age perceives that their parents love them, They have a close relationship with them and they are affirmed and accepted. They are more likely to share your faith. Well, it stands to reason, really. If we make our kid feel unwelcome or unimportant, they're more likely to reject our faith. So think about things like how do they know that if they are living at home still or if they come visit, they're really welcome. It might mean 
being prepared to shift your timetable or your priorities around to make sure that when they announce they're turning up, that's okay. It might mean changing the time you eat dinner so you can eat together. It might mean letting your just adult kid move into a bigger room or decorate it exactly as they want or giving them a space of their own in the house. It might mean biting back the comments when suddenly you're flavour of the month again. Next thing, keep in touch lots. Phone, email, face-to-face, Skype, post, however it works for you. And don't wait for them to get in touch with you. Be proactive. Be interested in what they do and they say. Affirm them and tell them when you can that you love them. Third thing, be available. Coffee, chat, answering questions, doing DIY, helping out with gardening. Whatever they need as much as you can. When there's a crisis, when their partner leaves or they're ill or the dream job evaporates, be there for them, even if there's nothing they need you to say. But the fourth thing I think is the most important and probably in many ways the simplest. From time to time, chat to God and ask him this question. Father God, what does my child need from me today? And rely on his great kindness and wisdom as you catch his reply. And for the final question to start an interesting conversation, what is one thing at church that is super annoying and hard to ignore? Now, this is not to open up a let's all bash church thing, but it is always really interesting. What is the one thing that's annoying? Because actually, you may have some really interesting insight into that, that we all need to learn from. So what's the thing that niggles at you? Um, Ask that of all your kids, answer it for yourself, and have an interesting conversation about what church is designed to be, and how we can all participate to make it better. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you.